Hey there, and welcome to Town Hall, the podcast for surface-based businesses hosted by Schedulicity. I'm Jamie. For today's episode, we brought back Cassie Kurtz, who you might remember from our episode on financial resilience a while back. Cassie is a New York-based barber and community activist. She's the founder of Her Chair, His Hair, a nonprofit that's aimed at bringing more women in diversity into the barbering industry. After building up her own business and a nonprofit, Cassie knows about branding. We asked her to give us her best tips so you can spend some time defining or redefining your own business. Let's jump in. We are all super excited to welcome back Cassie Kurtz. Um, Cassie, if you don't know, is the owner and master barber at Beyond the Beard in NYC, and she's also the founder of the nonprofit Her Chair, His Hair, and today she is going to be discussing her best advice on building your brand, so we're super excited about that. Before I hand it over to Cassie, I always go over these housekeeping items, and I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record and you've been to these town halls and have heard all of this more than once, but um, you can view all our past and upcoming town halls on our webinars page, and I will be linking all the links that I mention. I'll go ahead and put in the chat so you can take those for easy access, but it is essentials.schedulicity.com backslash webinars, and we will be sending a sending out a follow-up email with today's replay of this town hall as well. And we are excited because we have been, we have turned this town hall series into a podcast too. So if you're on the go or can't make it, definitely look for the podcast to um, listen in that way as well. And then if you aren't aren't already a Schedulicity business, you can sign up for an account at essentials.schedulicity.com backslash sign up. And we have been waiving our fees and have extended the waived fees until September 1st. So definitely a great time to uh, check it out. Um, and then I always like to have Kit, who's been on here, and maybe you've heard her chatting about other things, but she's really great at also explaining our Schedulicity Cares grant giveaway. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to her to let you guys know a little bit more about how that program works. I do love, love to chat for sure. And I especially love to talk about the Schedulicity Cares grants, which is why I'm always on here. And it's, I feel like it's kind of unfair. Jamie does all of the heavy lifting and then I get to tell all the good news in these webinars. But the basic gist of, of our giveaway or giveaway, our grant is this. Today, anyone who's attending this webinar live is eligible to apply for a $500 business grant, which is awarded through Schedulicity. The only thing that's required is that you have a Schedulicity account, and like Jamie mentioned, it's free until September 1st, and it takes only a couple of minutes to sign up. I just dropped the sign up link in the chat, so you can find it there, but again, it's essentials.schedulicity.com backslash sign up. And now I'm going to drop what we're all waiting for, which is the Google form that will allow you to apply for today's uh, grant, which is right here. So it takes two minutes as I'm talking and yammering. You could have it, you could already have applied. So just do it, definitely. Um, and then as another sort of aside, we do actually do these grants separately from our town halls three times a week. So we're actually giving away 
$500 four times a week. And we have been doing it since the start of quarantine and we'll continue to do it. So if you don't happen to win the grant today, you can come to any town hall in the future and apply again. And again, it's really low cost of entry if you're here because you're competing against however many attendees are actually at the live webinar. So it's a really great opportunity and there's a high chance of you being the one that's awarded the grant. But also, you can apply separately for our Schedule Who Cares program, which we are the three grants that we give away and announce on social media every week. You may have seen them already. So I'm going to drop that link in as well so that you can apply. You can actually apply for two separate grants today if you haven't yet, which is really great. And I will remind everyone throughout the webinar in passing in the chat that you still have a little time to apply for today's grant and, and include the link more than once for anyone who's coming late or busy or has their hands full right now, but you will need to apply by the half hour so that we can actually cut it off and, and select a winner of today's grant. So you have about 23 minutes to apply for a two minute grant and you should probably do it right now. And that's it. And I'll hand it back to Jamie. Yay. Thanks, Kit. Yeah, definitely do apply for that. And then um, lastly, something that I always like to let you guys know before I hand it over to Cassie is that we have one of our support rock stars on our town hall today. Her name is Anna. She's really great. If you have any questions, let us know. And we will be doing a bit of a Q&A after Cassie's presentation as well with her. Um, and then you can also always reach out to all of our rock stars at support at so with that, Cassie, I am going to hand it over to you. Okay. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Uh, if you are in certain parts of the country, happy quarantine. We in New York feel for you right now. So, you know, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Schedulicity, for having me again. The uh, introduction never gets old. I kind of feel special and, you know, like a little bit of a celebrity. But uh just like Jamie said, I am a master barber here in New York City. I own Beyond the Beard. It is a studio barbershop now under the umbrella, also education, and hopefully in the future, once COVID has been settled, private events. I'm also the founder of Her Chair, His Hair. It is a nonprofit, a 501c3, that uh, basically supports women in the hair industry, especially if they want to be a barber, because gender has no you know, limitations when it comes to what you do. Uh, I'm here with you today because I have experience with building brands, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. I have gone through it. I'm still going through it. And as much as, you know, you feel like you're alone, building a brand is a group effort. It's a community effort. And I kind of want to touch on that today. So I hope that with this presentation, you'll take one, two, or maybe everything and apply it to your own brand. So I'm going to share the screen because I know how to do that this time. Very proud. Very proud. All right. Let me go into slideshow. Okay. Here we go. So building your brand. Uh, I'm Cassie, hello again. And this is powered by Schedulicity, perhaps the best booking system ever. All right, so this is our roadmap. If you joined my financial resilience class uh, a few weeks ago, you will know that I believe that there should always be a roadmap. There should always be a guide or an outline to whatever it is you choose to do. And the thing about a roadmap is that you might not know where you're going, but you have some assistance. You might take the wrong exit, 
you may end up taking a really awkward jug handle if you're in New Jersey or a U-turn. But the thing is, is that eventually you will get to where you're going because you'll figure it out. So on our roadmap for today, I'm going to just do this. There we go. On our roadmap for today, we have essential questions, building blocks, legal best practices, and failing better. Uh, so real quick for you, just so you have an idea of what the topics encompass, essential questions. We're going to ask these essential questions that will lead you in the right direction uh, and help you focus on building your brand and hopefully your business. These building blocks on our next stop will help create a solid foundation for your brand and your business. This is the basis of everything, everything. And these are your building blocks that you can refer back to if you ever feel overwhelmed or kind of lost. Legal best practices. I am definitely not a lawyer, an accountant, or a CPA, but these are some things that I've even learned along the way when it comes to building my brand and especially naming it. And then finally, failing better. I tried to think of a different name for this topic, and honestly, this is what came to mind, because you grow through failure. You learn by overcoming obstacles. So uh, we will definitely be discussing the concept of failing better. Oh, sorry about that. Here we go. Essential questions. Uh, these are questions we have been raised with our entire lives. They're familiar. We were probably first taught them in grade school when we went to our local newspaper. And they follow us in every single thing that we do, especially building your brand. So we have who, what, where, why, and how. There are five questions to keep in your pocket, and you can always refer back to them if you ever feel like something is a little off balance. Who? Who is your targeted clientele? Who's your demographic? For me, with Her Chair, His Hair, when I started it you know, over six years ago, it became really obvious that as a woman in the barbering industry, that we weren't taken that seriously. We were judged for our gender before our talent, and as a result, we lost out on opportunities. So for me, above all else, I wanted to reach other women and support those women, whether they be femme presenting, you know, masculine presenting, non-binary, androgynous, I wanted to support women in the barber and hair community. For Beyond the Beard, I really thought about, especially men, because they're my core demographic, although I do have about 15, 20% of women as my clients. And I really wanted to take that concept of what you expected from a barber shop and what you expected from a salon and kind of combine the two. You know, have that easygoing, welcoming environment, but also have that scheduling aspect and that um, idea of respecting someone's time that a lot of folks thought didn't exist in a barbershop. And I wanted to mix that together and offer them something that was beyond their wildest expectations, right? Two, the question, what? What makes you different? I have to be honest with you. I really never, ever, ever, ever like this question because it makes you focus on your flaws and also your assets. And I think as humans, we don't like focusing on our flaws, but if we do, we can improve on them. And if we can be our biggest cheerleader, just like we are for our friends or family or colleagues, we can do the same for our business and for our brand. 
when I am asked the question, what makes you different? What makes you different from the competition? What makes you stand out in terms of culture or services? I quickly identified besides the fact that as a barber, I specialize in beards and hot towel shaves, which apparently is difficult to find in the New York City area. I specialize in listening. I make people feel heard. And I think in a city like New York or Los Angeles, people feel ignored a lot. They feel like they don't exist out in the world. And while that can be to your benefit, if you don't feel like talking to somebody one day, a lot of times that ends up being detrimental to a client and to their mental health. So when somebody comes in, I always greet them, even if I'm with another client, I always make sure they're comfortable. Although right now with COVID, they unfortunately can't have a waiting room. And when they sit in my chair, even if they've been there a hundred other times, I consult with them. And I think that this makes me stand out above anything else, above my skill set, above my punctuality, just the fact that I make people feel visible. With her chair, his hair, I try to apply the same thing. A lot of women feel like they might be, you know, um, put on a pedestal for their looks rather than their talent, or they're not given an opportunity to tell their story or be authentically themselves. And I don't want that. I don't want somebody to feel like they're not heard or like they're not accurately represented. I'm also not just friendly to other women at events because I have her chair, his hair. It's because I am friendly to other women that I created this platform. So again, I think uh, opposed to maybe other repost sites or other nonprofits, for me, it's that intimacy and that friendship that has really helped her chair, his hair along. Where? Where can they find you? Um, for some of you, you know, you might be a barbershop, you may be an acupuncturist. Schedulicity has an entire community beyond hairstylists and barbers. You may be on the first floor, you may be on the top floor, you may have a sign, you may not. It's really about making it an easy uh, experience and opportunity for your clients, your guests, your customers to find you. Uh, for me, when I left my last job, it was the last job I was employed at. I ended up on a third floor uh, studio with no signage. And the entire time I was there, I just, I had this attitude of, well, what's the point of trying to build a brand if nobody can find you? But we are so lucky. We live in a time of a digital footprint where you can find, if you try, just about anyone or anything. And on top of that, especially if you're on Schedulicity, you have tools at your disposal beyond Google Maps or Yelp. You have Fill My Book, which is a tool I used in the beginning of working with Schedulicity because I needed it and it came through clutch for me. But you also have email marketing, right? And that will kind of come into play later with my presentation. But find it, find a way to give your clients ample opportunity to find where you are and never forget it. Because once they know, they feel like they're in the know. And that's kind of like a little secret you two have between you all. Why? Why should they trust you? Um, anybody who knows me personally or who has joined any of my classes or town halls before, I am very vocal about my journey and my experience with anxiety, especially social anxiety. And one thing that they touch on in therapy, community classes, group webinars is trust. And I want you all to take a moment, if you can, I'll check back later in the chat box, but write down the first thing that comes to mind when you think of trust. 
everybody, I guarantee you, has a different answer. For me, it's really important to understand and dissect the word trust because everybody has different values. So if you can come up with your own list and maybe even ask your friends, your families, your potential or current clients what they trust or value, especially about you, you will have your why answered in a moment because you can tell them why you're doing this, who or what inspires you to do this, and then they can choose to trust and value you as a result. And then our final question, how? How do you plan to convince them? It's a really fun uh, strategy session that includes a lot of hair pulling and a lot of you know crossing out notes and implementing things and trying and trying again. You can reach out to them through services, right? Through education, hello, through referrals and marketing and so many other ways. Uh, again, going back to Schedulicity's email marketing, I have been heavily relying on that throughout quarantine and even before. But uh, sorry to the tech rock stars, I've probably sent about 1,200 emails in the last month, so my apologies. But really consider these five essential questions and always refer back to them because if you can answer these, you are already on your way to having a solid brand, I promise you. Building blocks. Uh, side note, when I was a child, a little boy came up to me in preschool and he kicked over my building blocks and I will never forget it. So I made my own and now here they are. Brand name, customer experience, trust, and marketing. And there's a small hint below there. It's not the same thing as branding. Uh, when I created Her Chair, His Hair, I was sitting in a barbershop down in Chelsea in Manhattan. And it was a slow week. It was in the middle of, you know, uh, probably spring break time. And I decided I'm going to create this social media page. I'm going to promote women. I need a name. <laughs> and um, I will not repeat the expletives that left my mouth while I was trying to figure out a name. But it basically ended up being, well, it should be simple. It's her barber chair and it's his haircut. So how do I make a name? And the question really goes back to what is in a name? How do you tell people what you want them to know before you ever say a word, um, except for the brand name? It goes back to the brand name. Make sure it's memorable. Make sure it's pretty easy to say. I know her chair, his hair is a tongue twister. And thank you, Jamie, for being so cognizant of it. You are loved for that. Um, and the same thing with Beyond the Beard. Beyond the Beard, was actually a name I came up with years ago when I was a makeup artist and a men's groomer on set. And I was sitting with a colleague and we wanted to come up with a workshop that basically touched on the fact that men's grooming was more than just handing the male talent a disposable razor and saying, good luck in the bathroom. You know, uh, that was a preconceived notion and a reason for reduced rates on set. So we wanted to kind of change that perception around men's grooming. Unfortunately, it never happened. I had zero signups for the class. And instead of trashing it, I set it to the side. I kept the domain, I kept the Instagram, I kept the email because I knew one day it would come back into the fold. I just didn't know how. 
So a uh, quick background, just so you all know that my brand building has not been all sunshine and roses because it hasn't. It has been a road trip of its own. I was at this new studio for about just under a year and a half. Like I told you, I had the attitude and the mindset of there's no way, no way that I can build a brand here. And then August, so almost three years ago to the day, I made less than $2,000. And I don't have to tell you in New York City, that's barely enough to cover you know, your rent, let alone all your other bills, let alone share rent. So um, it was the last time I ever asked my parents for financial assistance because they had their own goals and they are close to retirement and I didn't want to take away from that. And I had the privilege to ask them for help one more time. And I told myself that I really needed to do a deep dive on what I was lacking and what my business was lacking so that I could build it. And so that I never had to ask my parents for money again. And instead they could come to me and ask for money. That was my motivation was just knowing that I wanted to help my parents one day through this brand. So I realized I never named my brand. I had nothing. I had no digital footprint. And I thought of Beyond the Beard and I thought, you know what, it's a little kitschy, but it'll do, right? You know, why not? It'll be like, a, it'll just be a little space saver. I'll, I'll change the name later. What I didn't realize is that the name ended up being uh, gold when it came to folks finding me on the internet, especially for beard trims. And it's what transforms or helped transform my career into being a beard specialist. So definitely do your research and make sure that the name is available, which we will touch on in our next slide. But if it's the right name, you will reap the benefits tenfold. Customer experience. Uh, how will the customer feel when they walk through the doors? But let's take it a step further. How does that customer feel or that client or that guest feel before they ever walk through the door? What are they, what is their perception of you and your brand? Maybe you don't even have a physical space. Maybe it's virtual. Maybe um, you ship. There's so many different ways that we can conduct business these days, and we have to be cognizant of how every customer experiences our brand, and as a result, how they will tell other people about their experiences. So for me, it really comes down to culture and values. I value, and this goes back to trust, which is our next point, I value punctuality. I value integrity and honesty. And these are things that I offer my clients. When I make a mistake, I acknowledge it and I will make up for it. One of my policies that I set on Schedulicity is that um, you are not allowed to cancel less than 90 minutes before your appointment, which uh, recently I changed to a few hours because COVID and I need to make sure I know what my day looks like. But in the same way, I also, if I have to cancel last minute because of personal emergency, we're human, life happens, I try to extend that courtesy and let my clients know the same thing. And if not, as a result, offer them something to make up for messing up their schedule, right? What does your experience look like? Do you greet them when they walk through the door? Do you make sure that they have a beverage pre-COVID? Do you make sure that they have a text message reminder of how to find you if your space is not ground level? 
all of these things from beginning until the moment they walk out the door and maybe even depending on your business after they walk out the door is an important aspect to your brand because it's exactly that, that they will go and tell their friends, their family, their loved ones about their experience and about this amazing brand. Um, it doesn't just start and stop when they are in front of you. It goes well beyond that. And it's, it's a relationship, right? It's not just for money. Next building block is trust. Uh, values, trust, right? The importance of trust and, and why it's important to connect with someone. I, I've already mentioned what I value, and I hope you all in the comments have mentioned what you value. I'll definitely take a look later to see if we are on the same page. But trust is a huge, huge thing when it comes to your client, your customer, your guest, because whether it's with their haircut, with their body, with their mental health, you name it, because again, Schedule C covers all these amazing communities, they need to be able to trust you with their time, with you know their personal um, wellness, with their external wellness, right? Their looks. And if you can figure out what people trust about you and you can repeat that and make it still organic, but a part of your ethos and your company, your brand will, it will have difficulty failing. I will say that. And then finally, marketing. Uh, it's not the same thing as branding. I'd say raise your hands, but I can't really see you. If you did not know this, I was the only person at Fashion Institute of Technology night class that did not know branding and marketing were not the same thing five years ago. And the professor then picked me to say why I thought they were the same thing. Um, so I've learned that lesson. But Marketing, how will you market your business? Uh, it's, it's not the same thing as branding. So in case anybody doesn't know, because I want no shame here, because like I said, I was in the same boat. Your brand is your identity. It's your company's character and personality. But your marketing is how you let people know what you're about, what you do, and what you're here, how you're here to help, right? So for me, again, going back to Schedulicity, marketing, fill your book, emails. They literally have an entire marketing tab. I'm pretty sure it says marketing. And you have all these different things, birthdays, we miss you. I just had a client book with a 10% discount because it's been six months and I missed him and he missed me. So definitely these four building blocks, again, along with these five questions, they will help you create a foundation so solid for your brand. And I know they sound general, but the thing is once you really sit down and you think about it and you break it down and you write down thoughts and notes, don't stress it. Just whatever comes to mind, you will notice that it's less of a one point idea and more of an ongoing conversation. These are umbrellas. They, encompass everything about your brand and everything about your business. And if you can answer these, you will definitely, definitely be on the right track. Okay. So again, if you join my last class, Financial Resilience, you will know I'm the ultimate fangirl for Schedulicity and as a result, their CEO, Jerry. And I pulled up this quote from their uh, community overview page this time because it really helped 
sorry, my dog just, I think, hurt herself. Uh, it really helped solidify the reasons why I feel the way I feel about schedulicity. Uh, to mention, I am a newly minted schedulicity circle ambassador. Uh, I am so excited. I am thrilled. I could not be more proud to be part of an amazing company. But this quote right here, this isn't just a business transaction. This is a partnership. I could go on all day about the reasons why I am in love with Schedulicity and feel like it's a partnership. There goes the click clack, tiny feet. But uh, I will give you a couple of reasons. I already gave you one. Values, uh, honesty, transparency. I could probably count on one hand, if not less, the amount of times that Schedulicity has uh, had a slight glitch with technology. And every single time I've reached out to them, they didn't gaslight me. They didn't try to say, oh, that's not happening. It must be your phone. It must be your computer. They said, hey, thank you so much for letting us know. We're going to get right on that and we'll keep you updated. And I think that's something that's incredibly important for your clients, guests, customers to, to know and feel when it comes to speaking with you. Because we're human and we make mistakes and technology sometimes has a glitch. And rather than putting the onus on them, if you could take some of that burden off, they will be grateful, just like I think I am incredibly grateful. And then I think it's important to acknowledge, besides being a Circle uh, member and ambassador, I was actually uh, one year ago, almost to the day again, a Schedulicity grant, Schedulicity Cares grant winner. I was the second barber, I think, at BarberCon. And uh, yes, it was awesome. I've never won anything before, not even bingo. but. For me, it was more than winning this grant. It was that Schedulicity wanted to learn about me and what I was doing and what I hoped for. And as a result, they really showed that they cared. It's more than a hashtag. It's what they encompass and what they embrace as a community and as a company. So on to the next. Legal best practices. I feel like Judge Judy with the gavel. I wish I had one. Uh, we're going to go over three things, structure and benefits, check, and can you claim it? And the three things are pretty, you know, they tie into each other pretty similarly, but I figured they're all worth discussing. Uh, structure and benefits. I discussed this a little bit in my financial resilience town hall, but I am an LLC, limited liability company. And essentially what that means is if somebody tries to come after my business for whatever reason, they can come after my business legally, but they cannot touch my personal assets. They cannot take my chihuahuas, that's for sure. Uh, but it's buy one, get one free. So if anybody's interested. Uh, instead of being an independent contractor, right, which is kind of an informal, you have a business, you have some side gigs, you hustle, you have deductions, and LLC offers you that protection. Uh, what I learned during quarantine and this tax season is that as an LLC, you can also elect to be taxed as an S corp. And a lot of people hear S corp and C corp and they get really nervous because that usually means a board of directors. And that means all these other things, right? That uh, minutes and lawyers, and it's a lot, it's, it's overwhelming. But what that does is it allows my accountant, and please, I'm not an accountant or a CPA. I definitely failed anything after Algebra 2. Consult your accountant. Uh, you can 
take the revenue from your company. Anybody who's here that's an LLC knows that 100% of the revenue of your company is considered income, which is crazy because I don't even see half of that. Bills, they're real, especially in New York. So as an S-Corp, what I do is I pay myself a check each week, just like I'm on payroll or 1099 contractor, and the revenue for my company is the revenue for my company, and my income that I paid myself is what I'll be taxed on as a result. Uh, it is a legal loophole. It is legal, I should say. You're not doing anything wrong because it's the money that you pay yourself so that you're not constantly being taxed on money that you've never even seen or spent. On to the next check. Uh, check to make sure your brand's name is available. And this ties into can you claim it? Uh, I asked Kit actually to share a link and it's called namechecchk.com. And what I did first with Her Chair His Hair and then with Beyond the Beard is that I put my name into this website. And on the top half, I'm going to show you. On the top half, it'll show you every single domain possible. Now, while I would love to own all of these domains so nobody could ever touch the name Her Chair His Hair, I unfortunately do not have money nor investors to do such a thing. And then, these are just screenshots, by the way, because I didn't want to leave the presentation. On the bottom half, you have usernames. And it shows you pretty relevant and some irrelevant platforms that have existed in time and space. And it will show you which ones are taken. And I have Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, WordPress, Pinterest, Tumblr, Reddit. Yeah, uh, we don't have Yelp. The Red is because that doesn't apply to Yelp. I even have YouTube. Why it's showing green? I'm not too sure, but that's okay. And less whoever has Blogger and Twitch because I don't have the mental capacity for it. I'm just going to go back. There we go. So definitely check to make sure your name is available. But that ties into our next point, which is can you claim it? I will tell you a story, and it's not a fun one, but uh, I know of three barbershops that have the same name, and two of them were served with cease and desist orders by the third one. He existed first, he had the name first, and on top of that, he had a pending trademark for the name. Now, they're in other states, but they do the same exact thing, and he filed for a federal trademark. So they, they tried settling, they tried reasoning, but the thing is, unfortunately, if somebody doesn't want to reason and they want you to either stop using the name or they want financial compensation, the likelihood is it will be in their favor, and it's just not an uphill battle worth going against. It's, it's not, and I hope you all will consider checking every single thing. Trademarks, if you ever choose to you know, expand beyond whatever your business may be right now. Uh, social media, this will make your life so much easier. If you look up her chair, his hair, and as a result, his hair, her chair, uh, you will find that I have claimed those because I don't expect people to get it right on the first time. It happens. They do swap things. So really think about other people and making this easy for them. And skip ahead. All right. Uh, <laughs> I love this quote too. I could not leave it out before we go on to uh, overcoming obstacles and learning through failures. My reputation grows with every failure. If there was ever an author that uh, perfected the art of sarcasm through 
written word. It was definitely Oscar Wilde. But the thing is, is that when I thought of this topic, I thought of that really well-known quote or phrase, and forgive me, I'm probably saying it wrong, but try, fail, learn, try again, fail again, or, you know, fail better. That doesn't really resonate with me, thanks to my anxiety. Uh, it makes me feel anxious, and it makes me wonder if that cycle will ever end. But the thought of knowing that my reputation grows with every failure puts the outcome in my hands. Because you can either fail for the better and your reputation can grow for the better, or you can keep failing and as a result, your reputation can take a hit. For me, you know, I had to learn about stability. When I first started Beyond the Beard, I was still in a freelancer set of mine, thanks to being a makeup artist. And I lost a lot of folks along the way because they couldn't always get me same time, same place, that sort of thing. And that damaged my reputation amongst my clients. So I really wanted to learn from that and say, okay, how can I be better? How can I learn from this? And how can I grow? And as a result, I actually got some of those clients back. Learning by failing better. Uh, this topic is very close to home. I cannot tell you how many times I've failed, but I've always tried. I won't say I always have, but I've always tried to switch up my mindset, look at it more positively and learn from it because, you know, we, we really need to speak to ourselves more kindly. We need to be more patient with ourselves. And if we can learn through failures, no matter how small or how big, we'll be better for it. So when I came up with this list, I was basically spitballing with my boyfriend uh, ways that I have failed. <laughs> and, you know, it's really humbling. It's incredibly humbling to acknowledge the ways that you have failed, but also the ways that you've grown and learned from those failures, even if it was a year, five years, or 10 years ago. So loss of clientele, emotional and professional growth, trusting the process, preparing for pushback, ignoring your intuition, and breaking away from your comfort zone. I already told you how I lost some clientele. Clientele loss is natural, especially as you grow as a brand or a business. But the reason why you lose them is the important aspect. So if you've lost them for negative reasons, it is important to reach out to those people and say, hey, I've learned from this. I hope you'll give me another chance. You see that a lot on reviews and comments that, you know, owners of businesses may leave. But if it's just because you're really awesome and you're really busy, well, you know, sometimes they're going to book further ahead of time or buy in advance or prepay and other times they'll choose to go elsewhere. And, and that is a natural part of growth, but the latter is not a failure. That is incredible. Emotional and professional growth. I believe the two are intricately intertwined. If you can grow emotionally, you can grow professionally. I think that for me, like I said, the biggest thing that I can offer a client is empathy and understanding. I do have my policies. I do have my rules, but they also are human and life does happen. Children get sick. Bosses ask for five more minutes. We know these things to be true, and we would hope that someone shows us the same emotional understanding and empathy. Some days we walk in with a bad attitude, and we don't want somebody you know, who's doing our hair or our nails or helping us with a dress fitting to get upset at us. So it's really about 
growing emotionally and being able to apply that to the people that choose to support your brand and your business. Trusting the process. Uh, as my boyfriend likes to say, I am still going through this because it is a lesson in patience. Anybody who has been affected by COVID in the last four months knows that this is a process. Uh, just because your shop or your store or your brand or business has reopened uh, your practice, right, doesn't mean that people are coming flooding back. People are still afraid, and rightfully so. People are still nervous, and that's their prerogative. But you really have to trust the process. You can put all these building blocks and all these questions into play, but at the end of the day, there is really only so much that we can do. And sometimes you have to sit back and enjoy the ride, right? Enjoy the road trip and make minor tweaks as you go along. Maybe Google Maps lets you know there's a faster route by four minutes. It's your choice to make that tweak. But trust the process. Don't kick yourself just because it might not be going exactly as you hoped for. Which leads me to my next point, ignoring your intuition. Uh, anybody who knows me personally knows that I've got a pretty strong gut when it comes to things. and. I probably ignored my intuition for a better 10 years. <laughs> so uh, if there's anybody here who's like, yeah, I keep doing that, don't worry. I do it too until recently. But listen, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. If you think making a change, an important change or a small change will help your brand and you get that pushback from clients, um, which, you know, the two go together preparing for pushback, listen to them, offer them that emotional standpoint where you say, okay, I'm willing to listen to you and why you don't like this or why this affects you. That doesn't mean that you have to go back to what you were doing, but it means that you're open for dialogue and you can allow that client to have a good experience. So maybe you've raised your prices and it's not in their budget. But that person has had such a good experience and they've had that open dialogue with you that if they come across somebody who can, you know, budget for your services or budget for your um, whatever it is that you may offer, they will say to that person, well, you know, Cassie wasn't in my budget, but she was great and I loved seeing her. But she explained to me that, you know, these policies needed to change. However, you're saying that, you know, your budget is X amount, you should go see her. And that's how you still grow your brand and grow your business. And that's not to say that one day that person may not have the budget or value your services or whatever it is you may offer more in the future. Maybe they've had a bad experience elsewhere and they decide, no, this is valuable to me. So don't ignore your intuition and prepare for pushback, but still be open, right? Open to the process and open to, to growing emotionally and mentally with your clients. And finally, breaking away from your comfort zone. Uh, you all are probably rolling your eyes and saying, oh, not this again. Why is everybody telling me to do this? But it's true. Uh, as a barber, I was not strong with fades, especially skin fades, because it's not what I was taught in the beginning of my career. As a brand owner, uh, multiple brand owner, I was not comfortable with marketing. Obviously, branding being my strong suit and not knowing what marketing was. These are things that I've had to learn and the phrase that I once said out loud to one of my friends, and I'm sure I read somewhere, was I want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because the moment that you find yourself 
comfortably tackling challenges, that's when you find growth on the other side. And that's when you really push through and your brand will just skyrocket. I, it, it stinks. It's not fun. There will be hair pulling again. There will be a couple tears and a lot of wine. But you know what? At the end of it, it's totally worth it. And again, finally, if you join my last class, you'll know that this is an incredibly important slide to me. It's a self-care reminder. And I love that, by the way, Schedulicity is doing self-care Sundays. But uh, of course, self-care in other ways extends throughout the week, right? So for anybody who's joining right now, you've just taken in a lot of information. You probably feel overwhelmed to a degree, and you're probably wondering where to start. But before any of that, I ask you to remember these five things. One, take time for self-care. We forget about ourselves. We, we do it. We're, you know, especially if you're American, you're always on the run. We are known for our terrible work-life balance. Make time for it. Always do something for yourself every morning, whether it's a cup of coffee, yoga, stretching, cuddling with your dogs. I don't care. Do it. Take 10 minutes for it. Two, your emotions are valid. Um, acknowledge your emotions and your feelings. You know, what ends up happening is we bottle these things up and then they come out later and they come out at the wrong person or the wrong time. And that can be damaging to more than your brand. It could be damaging to anything that, you know, it ends up touching in your life. So really take the time to acknowledge them, but don't sit in them. And as long as you acknowledge them and let them go, you won't sit in negativity. You'll be able to move on with your day. Three, again, my favorite. Uh, my boyfriend said the first part. I definitely added on the second half. Make a dent every day. But don't worry if some days you're not up for it. That doesn't mean you have to finish an entire project. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, uh, do an entire outline. It might mean one thing off your to-do list. And some days it might mean just taking care of yourself and binge watching Criminal Minds and eating Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Because yes, all of it. And then four and five definitely go together. You can't change what you've already done, but you can make your future incredible. Please don't dwell in the past. Reflect on it. Reflect on what you've already done and how you can improve it. We definitely need to learn from our past errors or failures, but we can't kick ourselves. We need to remember to speak to ourselves the same way that we would speak to our friends or loved ones when they're feeling down. For some reason, we tend to be really harsh on ourselves, myself included, and then we end up being way more kind to the rest of the world. So remember that you can't change what you've already done, but through action and through repetition and through reviewing what you've done and what you'd like to do differently, you can make a world of a difference. Thank you all so much. I just added my three Instagrams that uh, you'll notice throughout time. I tend to post on one and not the other. For that, I am sorry. And that's my email. It's my first name at myfirstnamelastname.com. Again, I have like five emails, but I figured that's the easiest one to go by. If you ever need anything, DM me, reach out. If you want me to take a look at something, if you have a question about your brand, I am more than happy to help you. Um, I might not get back to you immediately just because I am a crazy woman that works like 
all the time and I need to take time for self-care too. But as long as I see your message or your comment or your email, I guarantee you, I will definitely get back to you. And thank you again so much, Schedulacy, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, Cassie, thank you so much. Um, I would love to open it up for a few questions. And if people want to use the Q&A um, Zoom function, you can send in your question that way. But we did get some direct messages um, sure. during the presentation, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So I will... Um, one question we had come in, Cassie, was if you have any thoughts on branding yourself, so when you're the brand. Okay. Uh, so this has been a really big thing, right? In, in our last decade, people have become brands. And I'd say the biggest thing that I learned about myself through my brand, so hopefully this answers the question, is be authentic. Um, I've had a lot of clients come into my studio and they've sat down in my chair and halfway through I've got zero, you know, no guard on their hair, you know, almost skin and they turn around and I have a mini heart attack and they say, you're exactly like you are online. And I say, thank you. I, but you know, there is that authenticity that sometimes lacks between or, or, uh, is disconnected between social media and real life. And I think it's important to always be authentic. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to have this amazing idea of you. But if you are authentically you, then you don't have to remember anything else other than what or who you want to be. And I'd say the same thing for being your brand. Align with brands that match your values and that you trust and that have integrity. Um, I, you know, Schedule C is perhaps one of the first and only brands that I've signed on to as an ambassador because they align with my values. So if somebody comes up to me and says, well, why Schedulicity? Again, I can give them the exact reasons I gave and feel confident and honest about it and not feel like I'm selling anyone anything. Just be honest and, and authentic. Perfect. And then also, um, how do you make time for your marketing and branding and social media and work and life. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. I have to get my mimosa from earlier. This is how. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I make time. I carve out 10 minutes in the morning. Don't overdo it, right? Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't freak yourself out. Don't feel like you have to get everything done. Also, I like to write lists. You may like to type them. You may like to have them on your phone as reminders. I write things down because that makes it easy for me to remember. So it feels really good to cross at least one, if not two things off my to-do list. So every morning I wake up, I stretch, play with the dogs a little bit while my coffee's brewing. And then I sit down at my computer. I have a space that I feel comfortable. I have a chair I feel comfortable. And I do whatever it is I need to do. And then, honestly, sometimes the day escapes you. Life gets crazy. Uh, Schedulacy makes it so easy to do the marketing and all that and type it and save it, and you could just send it later. So sometimes what I'll do is when I have some extra time, I'll know, you know either promotions or uh, scheduling you know, restrictions or anything like that. I'll type it up ahead of time, and I'll save it for later. Same thing with Instagram and Facebook. You can type it ahead of time, save it as a draft, post it later. So 
I guess all that to say, if you have some extra time and you feel inspired and creative, because I do have difficulty with that sometimes, create it, set it aside, and all you have to do later is just post it. All right, and then I guess we have one more question for you specifically, mm -hmm. Cassie. Um, so this person is having a tough time, you know, with finances and money. It's uh, very tight for a lot of us right now. So how sure. do you budget for marketing yourself? Any advice on that? Sure. So when I first started Beyond the Beard, I paid for Yelp. And the truth is, while it was expensive, for me, it was worth it until it wasn't. So I basically, for me, I'm a barber, right? So the way I budget things and the way I dug myself out of debt was by assigning names to different streams of income. I was a bartender at one point while being a barber. I worked at three different barber shops while I was building Beyond the Beard. And each job had a different name, whether it was credit card debt, rent, you name it you know, it had a name. So if you know that Yelp costs, let's say $250 a month, right? And you know, you make $250 in one day. And you also have your rent, of course. And you know, you have all these other things, just assign a day, maybe the day before the Yelp bill is due every month and say, this day is, you know, my Yelp payment, anything over can go to savings or to other bills. But you know, Wednesday on the third, Yelp is due on Thursday the fourth or whatever day it may fall on, this is my Yelp bill. But if I can give one other piece of advice, I wouldn't really pay a lot for marketing because we live in a time where it's virtually free. And Schedulicity makes it really easy for you to choose what things you value and what you'd like to add on. And their advanced marketing, somebody confirmed the price for me because I've had it forever, but their advanced marketing is not that expensive. And it lets you do all of these things. It lets you, you know, if your clients opt in text, it lets you email, uh, text reminders, email reminders, email birthdays, all these things. And I think there's a personal aspect and a personal touch to that that goes beyond any paid advertising on a social media platform. Uh, so I'd say don't overshoot your budget. You know, if there's like a platform, you know, like Google Maps or Yelp or something that really gets you a lot of messages and phone calls and emails and directional clicks and all of that. Sure. Invest in that. Make that budget. Try to make it to start as low as possible so that you're not biting off more you can chew. And then you can always grow from there. Perfect, and then Patty did want to know if all of your future classes, are they posted on your Instagram page? Do you have a schedule of that? <laughs> yes, no? I'll make one through Schedulicity. <laughs> so this, okay, like full disclosure for everybody who's watching this, this is only, my third class that I've taught. I taught one at IBS Las Vegas last year called Beyond the Beard for beard trimming. I was supposed to teach at IBS New York this year, but then, you know, coronavirus. And then I had financial resilience through Schedulicity and today. So I would love, like I said, I've just added to this umbrella of education. I hope to teach more. I hope to have more classes. Definitely, if you want to be kept in the loop, feel free to DM me or you know uh, email me. But for the time being, uh, 
on the Beyond the Beard website, www.beyondthebeardnyc.com. That's how my clients book. That's how they buy product from me. There will, private events, there will be an education tab there at the very least. And then if you're on Schedulicity as well, you'll probably be able to register through there. <laughs> Thanks, Patty. She's like, where can I follow you? Tell me all the things. <laughs> oh, I love Patty, and Patty knows that. I'm like her number one fan. And when she had the panel, what was that? It feels like two weeks ago, I want to say, when she had the panel for, you know, Pride Month, I was just like staring while packing. I just moved to my new apartment, so I'm just like packing small valuables, and you hear glass shattering because I'm <laughs> staring at the screen, and it's Patty. I love her. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much, Cassie. Let's go ahead and Kit, do you want to announce the Schedulicity Cares winner? I was busy plugging our new podcast, so I was a little distracted there for a minute because, you know, Jamie, we're very excited about our new podcast. Yeah. Cassie, I think your past class, which you can watch, but you can also listen to now, which is fantastic. But I think Great. we're all waiting for this moment, which just like perfect timing, 10.59 my time. So we do have a winner for the $500 grant. I'll do like a little drum roll. The winner today is Amy with Unleash Your Potential with Amy. And she's been giving back by offering free online coaching sessions. So Amy, congratulations. You have won a Schedulicity Cares grant. We'll be in touch shortly via email and we'll get that all figured out with you. But you have $500 to put towards your business in a time when I think we could all use $500. So congratulations. And we'll have another one at the next town hall for anyone who didn't win today. And just a quick side note, I, I meant to say this at the end of my presentation, but I got all about self-care. Everybody who's joined us today, do me a favor, based on the building blocks, based on the questions, everything we discussed, legal checks, all of that, do me a favor, follow up, send me a DM on one thing that you plan on doing uh, after this presentation, because I would love to know and I would love to be a part of your, your brand building and your journey. Kathy, you are amazing. <laughs> Maybe we just need a monthly town hall with you, right? Can we do that? I mean, I'd be okay with that. Like <laughs> at some point, like the Chihuahuas could be my co-hosts. Like, yes, you know. yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. I hope everybody has a great day and we will see you for the next town hall. That's it for today's episode. If you haven't already, please sign up for a Schedulicity account at essentials.schedulicity.com. Catch you next time.